Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we explore the week's big political stories. I'm Mike Siluma, and thanks for joining us. Although he left office more than four years ago, former President Jacob Zuma has remained an important feature of our political and public life. This week, the High Court in Peter Marisbeck gave VBS Mutual Bank permission to seize Zuma's assets to repay a loan of about $7 million relating to his Gandla homestead. This comes on top of his pending corruption trial, as well as a separate process to decide whether he should return to prison after being controversially released on parole by former prison's boss and supporter, Arthur Fraser. Joining us this time to explore the Zuma phenomenon in our politics and public life and how the country might extricate itself from it, our Sunday Times politics writer, Nawande Amashabalala, as well as Prince Mashele, who is a political analyst. With immediate effect. When people zone. And I quote, in two years' time, Eskim's problems will be a thing of the past. People won't even remember load shedding. Unquote. They put saliva on the paper. I'm in charge. That's why these fools are running around here. I'm in charge. And then they share that zone. Point of order, Jefferson. Order, Jefferson. Point of order, ruling party by point of order. Must step aside within 30 days. No, I'm not going to apologize. He has no brains whatsoever. The AC president was sabotaged again yesterday. Well, sabotage, that can be This is not a shit. Welcome to the show, to the, to the two of you. Mahande, shall we start with you? Um, you know, normally when presidents uh, leave office, you, 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 we, we all assume that the curtain falls uh-huh. and the door is closed and they go and start a new life. Either they do memoirs or whatever, play with the grandchildren or whatever it is, you know, that, that they want to do, you know. Um, but in this case, you know, I, I'm thinking here about... Uh, and I'm asking uh, you as well, uh, Prince, I'm thinking here about uh, President Mandela, you know, he left office, you know, whenever he commented, Chabombeki would tell him where to get off, you know, but basically he started, he com- occupied himself with other things, you know, he did not try to influence uh, public life in, 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 in the same way that Jacob Zuma, you know, has been trying to I look at Chabombeki, was recalled, disappeared. It's only now recently that he's starting to engage publicly, you know. But he, he, he almost took uh, a cooling off period, yeah. as it were. Yeah. In this case, it looks like Jacob Zuma is not interested in a cooling off period. It looks like I don't know what he's wanting to do. Um, what, how would you characterize his political influence today? Oh. Well, Bramai, first of all, uh, in Africa, it's a different story altogether, almost throughout Africa. And it, it, it stems from the fact that most of the presidents in Africa, they do a lot of wrong things, so to speak, while in office, which tend to follow them when they leave office. So someone like that will always be interested in having uh, the politics of the day always uh, leaning towards them for protection, political protection, which is a big thing uh, to avoid jail (laughs) when uh, there's time to go to jail. So in this case, uh, uh, nothing is different. We know our president was scandalous way before getting to office. uh, Former President Zuma uh, continued while in office. So there's a lot of skeletons that are following him to this day. So he has an interest on what happens politically in the country because it 
has an it, it has an impact on whether he stays a free man or he ends up in jail and uh, instead of playing mm-hmm. with his grandchildren as you say we know for instance the corruption case more than 20 years which he managed to run away from during his time in office he has left office now so with some political power gone it's back on the table uh, we know that he went to jail uh, previously because of the uh, contempt of court uh, relating to zondo and there's these issues now of vbs that are also coming back to home so someone with that many troubles will always be interested to have some sort of a uh, political cover which he has by the way as it relates to wazunatal we saw the newly elected leadership of anc in wazunatal uh, this week uh, visiting him in his private home which was a statement to say that whoever thinks is coming for me i still have some political hold i control the ruling party in this province which is the biggest uh, province of the ANC, which would have a say and influence for instance in the coming ANC conference in december so uh, it's very important for him for his personal interest to have uh, to continue playing within uh, the political space even though he's doing so from the background for me Mm. Prince, is is it all about uh, insurance against going to jail, or is there an element of ambition and and retaining power, or is, is it just an old man too scared to go to prison, but a, a well-meaning one? Two things. Uh, I agree with uh, my colleague. Uh, it's it's mainly about insurance, because he knows that while he was in office, he did a lot of wrong things. And these things can land him in jail now. So he needs to have political insurance that is going to protect him. Number two, linked to that, uh, he wants to make himself into a political god so that everyone who has power after him must know that there's a god somewhere and that god you don't touch. Because if he doesn't have that kind of image, uh, it would be very easy for those who took over from him to, to number one, go for him, make sure that he goes to jail. Number two, simply ignore him. So the idea of relevance, once you have tasted power, is a troubling idea. And those who are in office, they always wish they could still press some buttons and things happen. That's why he makes himself uh, into a political god. Mm-hmm. Mawande uh, says that he has got, and I I think a lot of people have said that uh, uh, KZN is uh, Jacob Zuma's uh, power base. It is uh, true. Where where he is. How how is that supposed to work? Because the the ANC is not KZN. There are ANC members all over the country. There are eight other provinces. Uh, Why is KZN lending itself to be his, almost like his, his, uh, his, his, his staging point. Here's the thing about South Africa. If you look at South Africa's politics, purely from the point of view of democratic theory, you won't understand the political culture that undergirds our democratic system. We are an African country. Um, no, one also said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get worried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is what the sophisticated class don't want to say. Uh, but this is the stuff that drives our politics. We are an African country with an African culture. How does democracy work in Africa? It works like this. 
there is a tribal base and everything else operates on that base. In South Africa, these dynamics are there. Let me give you a, an example and I'll come back to Zoo. From day one, when uh, we had a democratic cabinet, those in the ANC, particularly Mandela, who appointed ministers, you know what they did? They looked at the tribal map of South Africa and say, from the pedis in Lipompo, who can we bring into cabinet? So that those who come from that side, when they look at cabinet, they can see themselves. From the Shangans in Guiani, who do we bring? From the Kosas in the Eastern Cape, from the Tswanas in the Western Cape. So these tribal dynamics have always driven South African politics. Zuma has been a big factor in the tribal politics of KwaZulu-Natal. That's why he got promoted, by the way, to become the ANC's deputy president. It's because in the ANC, understanding that KwaZulu-Natal has all historically been a hot potato controlled by the IFP, in order to grab it from the IFP, you needed a towering figure who commands the ethnic loyalty of the people of KwaZulu-Natal. And at the time, Zuma was that figure. And the image of Zuma was promoted in the ANC in order to penetrate the tribal heart of KwaZulu-Natal. So he has remained a link tribally between the ANC and KwaZulu-Natal. And you can't explain the growth of the ANC politically in KwaZulu-Natal without placing Zuma at the center of that story. He is aware of his place in the context of tribal politics, which is why he always renews and resuscitates that kind of politics in order to communicate a message to say to those who are running South Africa and those who are running the ANC, remember, I am the link between you and KwaZulu-Natal. Here is one thing you must not forget. KwaZulu-Natal is the second biggest province in South Africa by population after Gauteng. And Gauteng, by the way, is if you disaggregate Gauteng, most people who are in Gauteng are actually not Gautengers, which is why in December they, dis they disappear into their provinces. But KwaZulu-Natal is always KwaZulu-Natal. No one disappears from KwaZulu-Natal. So you need to take that into consideration if you want to understand Zuma's power base. Mm. But I, I have to ask this, uh, this, this, okay, another person might say this sounds very primitive. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, the, the ANC likes to say that they are this, uh, they've got Marxists in the national liberation struggle, you know, uh, what, what, what's the latest uh, um, radical economic, it, it all sounds very modern, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not, I, I have yet to come across an ANC leader who says, you know, long live the Zulu people or long live the Zwana people or they don't speak that language. Yeah. So it sounds to me like there's a disjuncture kind of of a modern party, but that is also populated or has got elements in it which are tribal, basically, yeah. you know, like in the in, in the rawest sense that people would go with someone because, you know, for tribal reasons, not for political or other reasons. But I, I think, Pramak, it's, it's, as Prince is putting it, it's more in the action. In fact, what he's saying about how ANC used to appoint cabinet and leaders, it still happens to this day. Yeah. When they formulate lists, even if it's factions, when they formulate lists, for instance, since we're going to the December conference of the ANC, that 80-plus uh, people who are going to make up the new NEC, 
what they consider leave the issues of generational mix and age and youth and women but at the core of it it's regionalism as well they would always say well we need five from eastern cape we need five from there it must represent everyone so the whole practice as prince uh, uh, broke it up nicely is within action and it is evident within the ANC structures themselves from a regional level, province, even west at national, even within the government. If you check our cabinet right now, you will see exactly what uh, Prince is talking about. I guess one person who almost tried to dismantle that uh, was Tabumbek at the national government level. But even he, he couldn't go uh, that far. He, he was not that aggressive, but he tried to sort of move away from those politics. But as Prince says, this is Africa. There are just certain things that cannot change as it relates to how we practice politics. And that one is embedded within the answer. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the 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 the, the imminent uh, danger facing Jacob Zuma right now. If the he's at the uh, Supreme, uh, at the, the SEA now, uh, wanting to overturn the higher court decision that he must go back to jail. Um, what do you think would happen, Prince, if he were to be sent back to jail? Look, <clears throat> I think there would be elements, uh, especially from KZN, who try and intimidate um, our state to say, touch him, you are going to see the replay of July. Uh, so those elements on Twitter, they will do that. But you can see that on the part of the state, by the way, moves are being made to um, neutralize those elements. I mean, it's not a coincidence that a good month after July, you have had arrests by the Hawks um, of a good number of uh, suspects who are claimed to have taken part in the planning of that. So the state is aware that as we get closer to the point where possibly Jacob Zuma will be sent back to, to jail, you need to show the muscle of the state. So, so I am not sure if uh, the elements would be strong enough to replay what happened in July, but that risk is always there. If they were to attempt and succeed to shake the tree, I would actually blame the president of the country because you can't be beaten twice. You are beaten once and you learn lessons. So my sense is that the state must be prepared this time around, knowing the potential of violence. And and the potential is always there. Mawande, mm, mm. what, what do you think would, would happen? I, I think. Uh, do you Prince, think we can write this think out? I think Chris is very optimistic on, <laughs> on, on the preparedness of the state. Yeah. This state has failed too many times to be trusted with anything. Yeah. I, I don't think they are ready, Mike. I think the threat of the repeat of July 2021 is is very real. Mm. Uh, and I say that in the sense, going back to the tribal politics, you know the the. the KZN now, after the coronation of the king and all that, at the tribal level, is much more stronger than ever before. Because remember at the time there were divisions, fights and whatever. Now, they're sort of a, a unit uh, as it relates to that. When you say KZN, you, you're talking about what? A kind of regional thing or a Zulu nationalism? Because that's, that's the thing. Besides what Prince was explaining of uh, JZ being the link between KZ10 mm. people and the ANC, then there's the traditional Zulu nationalism within mm. the people of KwaZulu Natal mm. that says w- one of us will do anything it takes to protect them. And Zuma is a beneficiary of that as well. 
uh, above the tribal link of he, between him and the people of KwaZulu-Natal and the ANC. So I think he, he is very much aware that he can benefit from that. And because there hasn't been real consequences other than these arrests, there hasn't been much that can intimidate people not to redo what they did in July 2021. So I think if he if he does go back to jail, we are most likely, and I say 99%, likely to see a repeat, probably at a much higher scale this time around, because you will want, they will want to send a much stronger message as well, especially if our state is caught napping again, which I think it will. Okay. Prince, you know, this puts us in a, as a country in a quandary, because... Um, so, so there's a view uh, that maybe we should find a way of avoiding sending him to jail. Well, that view has always been there. But you can't harmonize that view with the realities of us being a modern democratic state that has clearly defined institutions and processes. So in other words, how do you get out of the, the judicial system if you take that view, you would also need to create space for a common criminal who can cause enough trouble, uh, who will say, there's a view that I must not go to jail because if I go to jail, uh, members of my gang my gang, are going to terrorize South Africa. So if you were to allow that view to, 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 to succeed, you would literally break down the rule of law in, in South Africa. So if there's still a state remaining, and I tend to agree with Mawanda that the state is broken, it must never allow that view to prevail because it will be very, very dangerous. That would actually breed warlords who are going to uh, intimidate our democratic system. Even at the risk of, of social unrest? No, it's okay. If there's social unrest, let, let there be social unrest. By the way, that social unrest will come to an end. July was July. It was not July, August, October, December. It was July. It died down at some point. When it dies, when it died down, Zuma was still in jail. So if the court pronounced that he must go to jail, let him go to jail. If there's violence, we'll have to deal with the violence. But let anyone know that you can't intimidate the South African state. Remember, when I talk about the South African state, I talk about you and I. In what kind of a country do you want your children and my children to live in? In a place where warlords and gangsters can intimidate the state. If they can do so, they will come to your house knowing that the state is broken. I've heard people say that he is a, he's an old man, he's, he's 80, and you know, what's the point of sending him to jail? What do we stand to gain, Mawande? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I guess provide that, that is an argument. That, that the know. element of Ubuntu must prevail. Yes. You know, why, are sending, <laughs> why are you sending an old man to jail? Yeah. You know, no. do you have to send him to jail, really? Yeah. Look, it's it's it's, a, it's fair, Bramak. I guess in that regard, I would say I, I agree with such people at some point. Uh, I mean, also, if in consideration of the many other things that we've spoken about, the risks of social unrest and all that, you you but he doesn't have to get away with it but you can find ways you know for instance you can sentence the man to house arrest say stay there in country you don't move anyway you sort of now and, limit, no, and no visitors you know and exactly, you know you put certain terms that will sort of make life uncomfortable for him uh, instead of sending him to jail he's old he's frail he goes to russia and cuba back and forth so i think that argument at the level of humanity it it holds but not 
uh, not fully in the sense that just let the men be. They, there should be consequences to particular actions that are against the law, but there should also be considerations of personal circumstances of individuals. And in this case, I guess old age and his frail health does, uh, 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 you know, count to his favor. But that's not for me and you and any other man on the street. It's for the courts and the people presiding over that case. And it's for his lawyers to move that argument convincingly so before the judicial officers that will preside over the case. Prince, you wanted to come in? Yeah, I wanted to come in. <clears throat> and, and, and he has actually covered the concern I was about to register that we can't tell courts how to decide on matters, mm-hmm. including when courts deal with a former president. It would be very dangerous for anybody to have the authority to tell the courts how to preside, number one, and how to judge on matters. So if they judge that he must go to jail, good, let, let, let him go to jail. There is a, by the way, a constitutional mechanism that would save him from going to jail. The president can pardon him. So if the majority of South Africans feel that he needs to be forgiven, he must go uh, sit in Canada instead of jail. The people of South Africa must petition the president, which is allowed constitutional, to say, President, this old man, have mercy on him. Before he goes no. back to jail and deals with his arms deal things, or afterward? No, after the court has decided that he must go to jail. You, get, you apply for a pardon once a decision has been taken by the court that you must go to jail. Mm-hmm. So the president can't ma- can make such a call. And that is a political stroke moral decision that the president can make. So it, I'm, I'm saying it has to be done within the framework of the law. If you do it outside the framework of the law, then you are opening a Pandora's box. Mm. And then just maybe to, to, to add into while we are still on, on this particular point, I, I, I also want to submit that... Uh, Judicial officers themselves, those those being judges, must also get to a point of acknowledging that they also have a social responsibility to make sure that there's stability in the country, uh, which doesn't negate from the points of the uh, legal issues that uh, former President Zuma has. But uh, uh, given what happened in July 2021, as, as a judicial officer who stays in South Africa, who has children who are here, who must grow up here, grandchildren, whatever, if you are old enough, you also have a responsibility to make sure that this country is stable enough, it has a, a, a brighter future. I'm coming to my point of saying that probably why, some of the reasons that they must consider to not go for, for the kill, which is uh, sending an old man to jail, but rather... Being not so punitive, yes, punish the man if he needs to be punished, if you feel that a case has been made by the state, the man needs to be punished. But also uh, bear in mind that you also have a responsibility to, uh, you know, uh, uh, harmony and, 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 you know, social cohesion within the country. I, I, I don't, Prince, Prince I don't buy that point. I must, I must make it very clear. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The way our democratic system has been designed it has been designed in such a way that different branches and tiers of the state have specific responsibilities. And these responsibilities are clearly spelled out in the constitution. So what he is talking about, Mawand, doesn't belong in the purview of the judiciary. No, it belongs in the purview of the executive and the politicians and parliament. Yes. So 
that's the responsibility. We must not conflate roles. But judges, I have heard, so, so, sorry, Prince, but I have heard judges, okay, not in a political sense, in criminal cases, saying the punishment must take into account that, the mm-hmm. social and whatever, the, the, the community or something like that. In other words, that what will the people say about the sentence, kind of? Which what is message, why, for instance, just kind to, of, to add, probably, yeah. which is why, for instance, sometimes <laughs> when you are given, say, a suspended sentence or your case is dismissed, you know, they will consider and say, you have a family, you are a family man, you've mm. never, uh, you know, been on the wrong side of the law. We understand, your respons- yeah, exactly. we understand your responsibility to your family. You need to raise a family. You need to provide for them. You are the sole provider, which are issues that at the legal level shouldn't count. But because they consider that your actions might affect other people, much as you messed up, but we acknowledge that probably what we're saying, don't do it again, case dismissed, go home. So in that, in that, uh, in that aspect, uh, uh, Prince, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm Prince, you, are you, are you sympathetic to that? <laughs> no, well, by the way, what he's saying is called mitigation. So yeah, after yeah. you have been sentenced, yeah, there's yeah. a room for, for you to mitigate yeah, yeah, and yeah. to aggravate. So he's mitigating yeah. for Zuma. Yeah. I'm aggravating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, now, now. Maybe he should be here. <laughs> you know? So, so speak for himself. Th- that, by the way, is not outside the law. Yes. Uh, uh, so they, let's leave it to judges mm-hmm. to make that call. We can express our opinions, but let's leave it to judges to yeah. make that call because that is an important principle. They may, for example, in aggravation, consider the fact that this guy is abusing power and therefore we need to make an example of him. If that's the call they make, I'm happy with it. If they say he is old, we must have mercy. If that's the call they make, I'll be happy with it. But let's leave it to judges. Mm. I, I have to ask this, you know, before we get to the to the close. Um, the could another when you look at the ANC today, could another Jacob Zuma arise in the ANC, or or, or was Jacob Zuma an aberration? You know, in, in in other words, can the ANC stop a a person, a big man in inverted commas, emerging? No, and, no, and and doing pretty much what Jacob Zuma is doing, or worse, even. No, the culture of the ANC is a culture of psychophancy. If you look at how they treat the man at the top, by they call him number one. That's the language, mm-hmm. right? They they are obsequious in the way they treat the, 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 the men at the top. They did that to Mandela. They did that to make They even, by the way, were faking Becky's uh, mannerisms mm-hmm. at, at, at some point. <laughs> and then came Zuma. Uh, they were lucky that Mbeki was not a, a criminal. Mm. And then came Zuma, the kleptocrat. They followed in his footsteps and they stole. And by the way, Zuma was, was, was actually beneficial to the rest of the ANC criminals because they benefited personally themselves. They were looting. He was looting. They were also looting. If you look at Cyril now, they are protecting him around Palapal. So the ANC has a political culture of promoting psychophancy. So because of that, a Zuma can happen again in the in the ANC. Namande, I, I last way to you. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I fully agree um, yeah, with uh, Prince. I mean, it's just there. It's it's within the ANC. Even it goes down to a local levels, Pramike. Uh, I mean, in many municipalities, the so-called strongmen, provinces, for instance, if we were to make example, the, the, the stink of ace in Free State will never be shaken off. Much as 
even now he's not in office, he's out there, he's suspended from the ANC. But I can tell you in the upcoming Free State uh, ANC conference, provincial conference, he will be very much a factor in terms of the outcomes. We saw it with Supra Mahumapidu uh, causing serious headaches uh, a, a month or so ago in the Northwest Conference, uh, going to court and all that. So it's, it's, it's there, it's within uh, the DNA of the ANC from right at the bottom, right to the top. So it's not something that we can say it's far off. If In fact, if we are not creating a Zuma with the current president, as Prince was saying, if you check on the similarities of what was done to Ganja upgrades and what is being done by ANC people to Palapala right now. But if you, if you just, just lastly, because of, of something that you touched on, if, 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 is that not dangerous for the country that that you have a dominant political party that also can produce a a a big man? It's very dangerous. You see, <clears throat> so it's not an internal. No, it's a South ANC African problem. problem. You see, here is the ANC. The ANC post nineteen ninety four has had two impacts on South Africa. The first impact it was the center of our political stability. It was an asset at some point to South Africa. So when you said ANC, when Mandela, even Meki were leaders, you thought stability, leadership, better future. The second impact, it has been the biggest liability for South Africa. Post Meki, the ANC is the greatest danger facing South Africa. So what you, 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 the problems in the party become the problems of South Africa. So, so, so South Africans must uh, ask themselves, what do we do to get rid of this danger? And let me tell you, the only way to get rid of this danger is to vote the ANC out of power. Let the ANC know that it can be voted out of power so that it can be humble. Whoever takes over from the ANC also must know that if they mess up, they become a danger for South Africa. They can be taken out. That's how South Africa can protect itself from this phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Mawande, your last, last word. Yes. No, no, no. Perhaps uh, the question, no, no, I, and I, this point just came on based on what uh, Prince was saying. Perhaps then the point is uh, to be made or the question to be asked is, what does this say about us as South Africans? Because... The people in the ANC don't fall from the sky. They come from this society that we live in as South Africans. Is what is happening within the ANC and its government not a reflection of who we are as a people? I guess for me, that is the big question. Mm. Well, gents, let's uh, wrap it up there. I would have liked for us to continue, <laughs> but unfortunately we've run out of time. Uh, and then I'd like to thank our guests, uh, Prince Mashele, who's a political analyst, as well as Mawanda Mashabalala, who's the Sunday Times politics writer. We appreciate your time, uh, the both of you. Uh, I'm Mike Siluma. So Until next time, do stay safe, stay blessed, and do good for our country. Mm-hmm.